Good to have you here this morning, and I'd like you to take your Bibles here this morning. We'll turn to a prophetic passage there in the New Testament, Mark chapter 13, if you would. Mark chapter 13. Uh, we've been looking at some thoughts on Bible prophecy, and I know it's been a few weeks since we've talked on Bible prophecy, but hopefully you haven't forgot everything you've heard. Um, we've looked at, uh, again, some thoughts on Bible prophecy, beginning with um, 2 Timothy, which deals with perilous times shall come. 2 Timothy talks about perilous times coming, and again, the Bible describes these times and seasons in many different ways. Uh, we also talked about, in times past, again, the times of, of, of being like the days of Noah or days of Lot, as uh, described in Matthew chapter 4, uh, 24, and also Luke chapter 17. We also looked at that prophecy concerning the blessed hope or the rapture. We've looked at the rapture and, and how that fits in with Bible prophecy. And we begin here to look at the Old Testament and the description of the tribulation period as described in the Word of God uh, by several prophets there in the Old Testament. And so uh, we're looking at Bible prophecy again here today and we'll continue our thoughts on the tribulation period. And uh, I'd like to begin here in Mark chapter 13, and we'll read through most of the chapter here. I could read through the whole chapter, but I do want to uh, give you a break from a really long message to maybe not so long of a message. So uh, again, we're going to hopefully be able to cover some territory here this morning on the tribulation period, kind of an overview from the New Testament on the tribulation period. Again, we'll look at uh, passages that deal with that in the Word of God. But let's begin here in uh, Mark chapter 13, and we'll start in verse number 4, and we'll read down the verse number 19 to begin with here. Mark chapter 13 and verse number 4. The Bible says, Tell us when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign when all these things shall be fulfilled? And Jesus answering them began to say, Take heed lest any man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and shall deceive many. And when you shall hear wars and rumors of wars, be not troubled, for, each, for such things must needs be, but the end shall not be yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be earthquakes in diverse places, and there shall be famines and troubles. These are the beginning of sorrows. But take heed to yourselves, for they shall deliver you up to consuls and in synagogues, you shall be beaten and you shall be brought before rulers and kings for my sake and for a testimony against them. And the gospel shall first be published among all nations. And when you, they shall lead you and deliver you up, take uh, no thought beforehand what you shall speak, neither do you premeditate, but whatsoever shall ye be given in that hour, that shall speak ye, for it is not ye that speak, but the Holy Ghost. Now the brother shall betray the brother to death, and the father the son, and children shall rise up against their parents and shall cause them to be put to death. You shall be hated of all men for my sake, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. But when you shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of Daniel the prophet, standing where it ought not, let him that readeth understand, then let them be in Judea, uh, flee to the mountains, and let him that is on the housetop not go down unto the house, neither enter therein to take anything out of the house. And let him that is 
uh, in the field, not turn back again to take up his garment, but woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days, and pray ye that your flight be not in the winter. For in those days shall be affliction, such as was not from the beginning of creation, which God created unto this time, neither shall be. I wanted to stop there. That's the verse I want to be looking at here today. Verse 19, for in those days shall be affliction such as not from the beginning of creation, which God created unto this time, neither shall be. I want to speak this morning on the affliction of the tribulation, the affliction of the tribulation. But let's pray as we consider this thought. Father, thank you again for your word here today. And I ask that you'd help us to be able to uncover here from the word of God and from the scriptures uh, some of the affliction that will come upon those that go through what we call the tribulation or the great tribulation. And uh, as we look into the word of God, help it to be a light and a help to the hearer, help us to understand and perceive uh, what the Bible would teach us on this, this subject of the tribulation. Again, bless this time as we meet again. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, talking about the tribulation is not going to be something that's going to be necessarily something people want to hear about. Uh, talking about tribulation isn't something that anybody wants to be involved with. Uh, tribulation is a part of life. And uh, we'll find here in the Word of God that uh, Jesus in this chapter would describe this time of tribulation. And I just stopped there in verse number 19, but I do want to read on there in the chapter as, again, it gives us a timeline of the tribulation period. And it goes on in verse number 20, it says, And except the Lord had shortened those days, verse 20, no flesh shall be saved, but for the elect's sake, whom he hath chosen, hath he shortened the days. And then if any man shall say, Lo, here is a Christ, or lo, here uh, he is, is there, believe him not. For false Christ and false prophets shall rise, it shall show signs and wonders to seduce, if it were possible, even the elect. But take heed, behold, I foretold you all these things. But in those days, after that tribulation, the sun shall be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars of heaven shall fall, and the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Then you shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and great glory." And so there's going to be a tribulation time, a time of anguish, followed by the Lord returning with power and great glory. And that, again, is what we call the return of Jesus Christ. The rapture uh, precedes the tribulation, what we call the revelation or the return of Jesus Christ with power and great glory. Again, I also explained there in the book of Revelation there, uh, follows that time. And again, as we read on here, again, I'm going to skip through a few things. Verse 33, it says, Take heed, watch and pray, for you know not when the time is. For the Son of Man is a, a man taking a far journey who had left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work and commanded the porter to watch. Watch therefore, for you know not when the master of the house cometh at even or at midnight or at the cock crow or in the morning, lest coming, suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. Watch. The Lord would have us to be, again, in the know concerning the uh, things that deal with the end times. And so 
we looked at kind of an overview of the Old Testament there and, and the tribulation period. And again, I'm not going to go over those details. We see again information shared with us from the Word of God by at least 10 prophets there. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Micah, Zephaniah, Habakkuk, Haggai, Zechariah. But I want to just take some statements concerning the tribulation and the Word of God. First of all, Isaiah 13, verse 11, describes the tribulation period as a time to punish the world for their evil. To punish the world for their evil. Well, this world is getting wickeder every day. You don't have to be reminded. You don't have to look at the news. You can see this world is getting wickeder every day. And sadly, God is going to have to come along and punish this world for their evil. Again, Isaiah also describes this time as being a day of the Lord's vengeance. The day of the Lord's vengeance. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. It's not ours to take. It is his. And one day he will take vengeance on the Lord for the evil that they have done concerning his sons, concerning killing those that follow his faith, Concerning all the wickedness of this earth, he will bring vengeance upon the earth. Isaiah says that in Isaiah 34, verse 8. The Bible also describes again this time as being the time of Jacob's trouble. Jeremiah chapter 30, verse number 7. And so, again, Israel will suffer great trouble during this time. But some of them will be saved out of this time also. Ezekiel describes this time as the time of the heathen. You know, the heathen has, has desired to be without God and the truth for a long time. They don't want really, again, uh, in a sense, the heathen, I'm not saying all heathen, but some of the heathen don't want to have regulation according to the word of God. They want to freely have all they want and all they desire. And so they will be freed from preachers and preaching uh, to begin with, although there will be preachers and preaching that will come into the tribulation, but it will be the time of the heathen. They will have their rule. They will have their world leader that they want. They will have an antichrist. It's a time of trouble, Daniel says. There are time of trouble such as never been since the beginning of any nation. Daniel chapter 12, verse number one. Joel talks about a time of darkness and gloominess. None that's been like it. Joel chapter 2, verse number 2. And Micah says, I will execute vengeance with anger and fury upon the heathen, such as you have never heard. You know, so you see some things there in the book of Revelation. People will say, I can't believe God would hail, uh, send great hailstone upon men that would kill them in the field and kill cattle and kill all those things. And people would say, that could never be. But yet Micah said, it's coming. He will execute vengeance, anger, and fury, not mercy and grace or love, but anger and fury upon the earth. Zephaniah says, the mighty men shall weep bitterly. The mighty men shall weep bitterly. Zephaniah chapter 1, verse 14, it'll be a time of great sorrow. And Haggai says, I will shake all nations. It will be worldwide. None will be not touched by it. And so this seven-year tribulation period that follows the rapture could be described in words like the darkest days ever. 
And so as we look at the word of God and the truths of God given to us in the New Testament and the Old Testament concerning this time, we don't just say, well, that's probably not literal. That's just talking figured out. We can't look at those passages that seem like almost very extraordinary as, as, as far as this time and consider them as if they never shall be. I just want to mention here, if you're taking notes, just write down these, again, it's only four passages of, uh, of, of Scripture concerning the New Testament and the tribulation. These are the main passages that deal with it. Matthew 24, Mark chapter 13, 2 Thessalonians 2, and Revelation 6 through verse number 19. These are the passages that deal with the tribulation period. If you ever want to study extensively on it, uh, you can find much information on the tribulation through these passages. But I want us to zero in here this morning on verse number 19 as we consider the affliction of the tribulation. That's how it's described by Jesus here in the New Testament. And it says there, verse 19, For in those days shall be affliction such as was not from the beginning of the creation, which God created unto this time, neither shall be. Just one on a side note, you know, God created everything. It says right here, right? Jesus says it right here. God created everything. There was no evolution. There was no accident, no cosmos uh, type situation that took place and all things began. But it mentions that the beginning of creation, God created unto this time, neither shall be. And so it mentions in those days shall be affliction. You know, when we think of affliction, uh, there's many different levels of affliction. And I, I just want to, again, maybe just help you with this word here, if you would. Let's uh, turn back to 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse number 9. As we think of affliction, what do we think of? Well, many things might come to mind. Maybe someone thinks about the affliction maybe of disease or maybe the afflictions of war. And, and certainly these would be uh, places where people would find affliction. Uh, the word affliction means a condition of pain and suffering or grief in time of distress or calamity. Uh, pain, suffering, or grief in distress or calamity. And uh, I think you get a good idea of what affliction is like here from Second uh, Chronicles chapter 20, verse number 9, especially on a national basis. And again, this again just helps us, I believe, to understand a little bit about what the afflictions of the tribulation might be like. It says in verse number 9, and again, this doesn't talk about the tribulation, but it talks about affliction. And so, that, again, that's why I'm bringing you here. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse number 9. It says, If when evil cometh upon us as a sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine... We shall stand before this house and in, his, in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction. Then thou wilt hear and help. Now this is Jehoshaphat talking about, hey, when evil comes upon us, when affliction or adversity comes upon us, in the, in the, in the way of sword or judgment or pestilence or famine, if we cry unto the Lord in our affliction, he'll... He'll hear a cry and, uh, in this house. And he'll hear, the Bible says, and help, which is a good thing. 
But I just want you to see there, it says, and, and we cry unto thee in our affliction. What is the affliction coming from? Sword, from judgment, from pestilence, from famine. Now you'll see again, as we look at the, again, the, the New Testament and the affliction of the tribulation period, that you'll see they'll come in the, in the same like manner, in sword or judgment or pestilence or in famine. And again, the, the Bible says much about the subject of affliction. Again, I don't have time here this morning to look at these things, but we know the affliction of Job, right? Or the afflictions of Joseph. Or the afflictions that Daniel and his friends went through. We know the afflictions of Egypt when they were afflicted. I mean, the, uh, uh, the affliction, sorry, of Israel by Egypt. Again, we know the afflictions of Jesus. He was despised, and afflicted of men. We know that all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer tribulation or affliction. And so we know some things about affliction. And so there has been affliction, there will be affliction, but here we see the affliction will be of a great kind of a nature. It says, in those days shall be affliction such has not been from the beginning of creation, which God created unto this time, neither shall be. Now, what that's saying is the affliction is going to be greater. It's going to be more powerful. It's going to be more widespread. I mean, as you think about affliction, affliction can come as, as a result of pain, suffering, and grief, as, as a result of cancer, and come as a result of maybe death or loss of property or loss of possessions or persons or or difficulties, or circumstances, or storms, or trials that may come into someone's life. But as we look at this time of affliction today, we know this time of affliction. And again, I don't have time to show you this, but we'll be of a, a, a period of seven years, with the last three and a half years being the worst of affliction. And so let's turn over to Matthew chapter 24. I told you uh, Matthew chapter 24 is another passage that deals with the tribulation period. And again, I'm not going to be able to look at Matthew 24 so much here today. We've looked at it already. Uh, but I just want to just pick out a few verses here in Matthew 24 that deal with this affliction. How would this affliction come to those that experience this tribulation or this time of great tribulation? Well, Matthew 24 and uh, verse number three, Matthew 24, verse number three, and I'm, I'm looking at just a few verses here. Verse number uh, three, it says this, and as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when these things shall be and what shall be the sign of the coming and of the end of the world. Skip to verse 11, it says, and many false prophets shall res uh, arise and deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. And so what is some of the affliction of the tribulation? I believe, again, you'll see there, it says there, and many false prophets shall rise and deceive many. What will be one of the afflictions of the tribulation? Will be an affliction of deception. An affliction of deception. Mental affliction, if you would. False religion afflicts many today. It afflicts this world today because people will believe someone else rather than the Lord Jesus today. 
And if you turn over to John chapter 5, verse number 43, during the tribulation period, there will be some truth there that will come out of those who were not saved, those probably somehow, some way, that maybe didn't hear the truth before the rapture, that we think of, oh, there has to be people around to tell them the truth now. And, and we might think that, but really, what do you have today that could, you could hear the truth of? After everybody who's saved by grace is caught up together with the Lord in the air, and those from the dead rise out of the dead, how would anybody know about what is right and wrong after the rapture if it's full of people that are lost and, and, and people that are left behind? How, who, how would you ever find about the truth after the rapture? Is the internet going to be gone completely? No. Are there going to be sermons you can listen to? Are there messages that could still be heard? Are there people that didn't believe that now know what really happened. No, there will be all that there for those people to hear from. There will be that and more. As I think of, again, the ability for people to hear the truth today, it's not like you have to have a preacher alive and well to hear the truth. You can hear them in an audio version by many different means. In John chapter 5, verse number 43, the Bible says this. It says, I am come into my father's, uh, sorry, I am, I am come in my father's name, and you receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him ye will receive. It's a sad reality, but Jesus came and the Jews didn't really receive him. They didn't believe him. It's, it says there in the book of John, he came onto his own and they didn't really listen to him. But another, that is the Antichrist, he will come and they will receive him. And they will believe him. Many false Christs will come and they will be believed. Sadly. Let's turn to 2 Thessalonians, which also deals with this thought of the tribulation period. 2 Thessalonians uh, chapter 2. And I want to read there verse number 3 and verse number 4. Uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter uh, to there, verse number three and four. <clears throat> it says, And let not no man deceive you by any means, but that that day shall not come, except there be a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalteth himself above all that is called God and that is worship, so that he is God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God, if you would, skip down to verse number 8. It says, And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the workings of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Reading on verse number 11, and for this shall God cause, uh, this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth and had pleasure in unrighteousness. The Bible mentions the son of perdition, and this son of perdition will lead many to damnation. That they might 
be saved. And then it mentions that they will not be saved. What will be one of the afflictions of the tribulation period to be deceived by the Antichrist, to be deceived by the devil, to be deceived by things that are not true? Let's turn to Revelation chapter 6. Again, Revelation 6 through 19 deal with the tribulation period and give us great details concerning the tribulation period. And I'm just going to look a little bit more on Revelation chapter 6 here uh, today as we consider again the afflictions of the tribulation. Revelation 6 verse number 1 through verse number 2 mentions this counterfeit Christ again. It says, And I saw then the Lamb open one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, and one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on the horse had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. And so the Antichrist, just want to mention that, he will conquer and conquer. Again, we don't have time to look at the book of Daniel and we don't have time to look at some other places in the Bible that talk about the conquering the Antichrist. You do this through diplomacy to begin with, but through war after that. Antichrist will come to the earth to afflict the world. The devil will deceive many, and many will be deceived by, again, that which is wrong rather than right. And so deception will lead to death, which will lead to hell for many during this time. They will suffer forever the pain of, everlasting death in hell and the lake of fire. And so the days of this affliction will include those of being deceived through that time. But if you look also at Revelation 6, and since we're there, let's just continue on there. In Revelation 6, verse number 3 and verse number 4, we see also the time of war and conflict will also come to this world at that time. And so Revelation chapter 6, verse number 3, it says, And when he opened a second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And went out another horse, and it was red, and the power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, that they should kill one another. And there was given to him a great sword. And so it's a time when people kill one another. And there will be war during that time. Mark again says there, and again, I'm not going to have you turn back there, but Mark 13, verse number 7 and 8, there will be wars and rumors of war. Nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And so there will be conflict all over the world. Peace will be taken away and wars will survive. War will lead to clash, uh, calamities. War will lead to cala- uh, uh, catastrophic and suffering on, on a worldwide scale. Wars have taken many lives in the past. Again, I don't know exactly what the numbers are today, but uh, again, a historian wrote some time ago there were 15,000 wars in human history. Again, I don't know exactly if that's, again, true or not, but they say there were 15,000 wars in human history and over 14 billion casualties, according to Wilbur McSmith. It's a lot, 14 billion casualties. In the 20th century alone, there were 37.5 million that died in World War I. There were 45.4 million that died in World War II. There were 57,000 that died in Vietnam. And certainly there were many more that were killed during the 20th century. If you look on there in Revelation chapter 6, verse number 5 and verse number 6, 
the affliction of the tribulation will be at the hands of deceivers. Uh, affliction of the tribulation will be at the hands of death by war and casualty as peace is taken from the earth. Revelation chapter 6, verse number 5, and verse number 6, And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see, and I beheld, and lo, a black horse, and he, he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hands, and I heard the voice in the midst of the four beasts, saying, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny, and see, see thou not hurt the oil and the wine. And so what we see here, and again, I'm going to have to take you to a couple other passages here, but we see another horse, and it's described here in verse number five as a black horse. And this horse represents famine and starvation. Now, famine and starvation are not something that maybe you and I are familiar with. But many parts of the world are familiar with. And certainly through history, people have been afflicted by famine and food shortages. War will lead to food shortages, which will lead to famine, which will be land being destroyed and commerce being destroyed and all kinds of different issues around the earth. A black horse represents famine. You can, again, take notes if you are. Jeremiah chapter 5, uh, sorry, Jeremiah chapter 14, verse number 1 through 12. And then Lamentations chapter 5, verse number 10. But I want to take you over to Lamentations chapter 4, at verse number 8, and verse number 9. Now, affliction is one thing. Again, affliction can be of various, of various sorts. It can be of various kinds. It can be of various stages and and difficulties, people can be maybe uh, begin to be afflicted by something, and then afflicted by more things and that sort of thing. Uh, but in uh, Lamentations, I, I think I want to just help you understand what starvation is really like, as the Word of God describes it here in Lamentations chapter four, verse number three and verse number nine. I haven't starved nor nearly starved to death. And again, although we might use those uh, phrases sometime. But uh, again, the Bible describes here uh, being slain by starvation. Uh, Lamentations chapter 4, verse number 8 and verse number 9, it says, And their visage is blacker than coal. They are not known in the streets. Their, their, their skin cleaveth to their bones. It is withered. It has become like a stick. They that are slain with a sword are better than they that are slain with hunger. For these pine away, stricken through for want of the fruits of the earth. Someone says, how bad is starvation? Well, it says in verse number nine, they that are slain with the sword are better than they that are slain with hunger. To be afflicted by starvation. You may never have seen, we may never have seen someone starve to death, but they... Their, their body becomes very depleted. In verse number nine, it says uh, they become like a stick. All they are is stick and bones. All they are is uh, very, very depleted of hunger. And they pine away, the Bible says, and it's better to be slain with the sword than, than to starve to death. And so starvation will come to the world. A severe type of starvation will come to the world as shown to us in the word of God. Uh, through that black horse. 
Let's turn back to Revelation chapter 6, if you would. Revelation chapter 6. As we look on here, it talks about another, uh, again, horse here. And I want to just see again here in the Word of God what the Bible talks about. And, and it talks about there in Revelation 6, again, a measure of wheat for a penny. A measure of wheat. And so just um, some wheat for a penny, a day's wages. And three measures of barley for a, a penny. So for a day wage. So you're going to see what I would call hyperinflation of some kind. This is going to be costly uh, just to have a little bit of food. It goes on there in verse number uh, seven. It says, And when he had opened a fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast come and say, and see, and see, and said, Come and see. And I, I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was death, and hell fell with him. And power was given unto him over a fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword, with hunger, with death, and with the beasts of the earth. And so we see here, what I see here in the Bible is a death to a lot of sinners by sword, which is war, by starvation, by hunger, by death, disease, by beasts, by animals. A pale horse, a corpse-like horse, depicting sickness, disease, death, pestilence. A multitude of people will end up going to hell this time. And it mentions how many by proportion. Verse number eight, it says, And power was given unto them over a fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword, with hunger, with death, with beasts of the earth. One in four die. One fourth. Now, what would that be? Well, it depends on how large the populace is at that time, but certainly over a billion. If, again, this would be today or near today, over a billion died of different things. But that's not all that will take place during that time. You read on there in verse number 9, it says, And when he had opened a fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that... Uh, that dwell on the earth, and the, and the white robes were given unto them, and uh, and it was said of them for that they should rest a little while, a little season, sorry, until their fellow servants and also their brethren that were killed, as as they were, should be f fulfilled. And so, not only the death of many sinners during that time, a quarter it says there of these folks will die, but also the death of the saints, persecution. Martyrdom will take place. Revelation chapter 20. Let's turn there if you would. Again, we're not able to look at all this in uh, one day as far as, again, the tribulation period. But uh, Revelation chapter 20, verse number 4 and uh, verse number 5. It says, And I saw the thrones, and they that sat on them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded. For the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, or you could say the Antichrist, those are two and the same, neither his image, neither had received his mark in their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. I don't have time to put all this together, but there's going to be a death of 
Tribulation, saints. Tribulation martyrs. Beheaded for the witness of Jesus. I haven't seen a beheading. I would not like to see a beheading. Heard about beheadings that took time in the past. But there are going to be many beheaded for the witness of Jesus. Slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. Saints will suffer pain and distress and calamity. Also during the tribulation. These will be ones that get saved during the tribulation. But also get martyred during the tribulation. Finally, if you look at Revelation chapter 6. Giving us kind of introduction to those things that the tribulation of and that time of affliction will be like it mentions here in Revelation uh, chapter 6 and verse number 12 and following to the end of the chapter, we see again a time of divine judgment from God himself. Revelation chapter 6, verse number 12, it says, And I beheld, and he opened the sixth seal, and there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and moon became as blood. And the stars of heaven fell on the earth, even as the fig tree casts her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the, and the heaven, heavens departed as a scroll when they were rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man hid themselves in the dens, in the rocks of the mountains. And said unto the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? The affliction of the tribulation will also come at the hand of God. A great earthquake is described there in verse number 12. And it mentions again the mountains in verse number 14 and the islands will be moved out of their places. That is incredible. That is probably something that most people say could never be. And certainly we haven't seen that happen before. But an earthquake will change the topography of the earth. The heavens depart as a scroll. It mentions there verse 14. And every mountain and island were moved out of their places. How would people describe what's happening here? What's happening now? The, the lamb is mad. In verse number 16 it says, And he said unto, them, unto the rocks and the mountains to fall on us, to hide us from the wrath of the lamb. They'll know this comes from God. They'll recognize it is of God. It is the wrath of the lamb. A million people, I mean, a, a, a quarter of the people have already died and, and, and many of the people hide themselves in mountains and uh, hide to seek, again, uh, refuge from this destruction. The sun will be darkened, it says there in verse number 12, and the stars will fall from their skies in verse number uh, 13. And certainly, again, all these things happening will cause a panic for the people, they'll fear and they'll hide themselves. Verse number 15 and 16 tells that. Fearful, frightening events from the sun, from the moon, from falling stars will scare the people at that time. 
And yet, you say, what will happen during that time? Will anybody turn to the Lord at that time? Well, there are places in the, in, in the book of Revelation that tell that many of these things will happen and very few will turn to the Lord. But you also find, again here, as I want to read this here, in Revelation chapter 7, verse number 9 and verse number 10, that there will be some saved during the tribulation. In fact, a great multitude will be saved during the tribulation. In wrath, God remembers mercy. In judgment, we'll see God will still extend some mercy to some during the tribulation. Revelation chapter 7, verse number 9, it says, And after this, I beheld a great multitude which no man could number of nations, of kindreds, of people, and tongues that stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And so we see here a great multitude that will be saved in a time of affliction. Let's turn to Psalm 107. I just want to mention this. This time of affliction will be bad. It will be terrible. It will be tragic. It was something that no one will want to experience. It will be a time where God will sift men in a sense. And many people will die during this time. In affliction, some will turn to the Lord. And certainly that's what we see throughout history. In Psalm 107, verse number 11 through verse number 14, the Bible says, because they repelled against the words of the Lord and condemned the counsels of the Most High. Therefore he brought them down to their heart with labor. They fell down, and there was none to help. Then they cried unto the Lord in their troubles, and he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and brake their bands asunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for the wonderful works of the children of men. For he hath broken the gates of brass and cut the bars of iron asunder. Fools because of their transgressions and because of their iniquities are afflicted. And so someone says, why this affliction? Well, it comes as a result of their iniquities. But you also see here in the time of affliction, God can hear, their try, uh, hear a person's cry. Then they cried on the Lord in their trouble and he saved them out of their distresses. Turn to Psalm 130. You'll see throughout history some being saved through times of very deep and dark times in our world history. Certainly there were some saved during times of war and conflict. Certainly some time disease and famine. Certainly some in, in times of turbulence and trial and other things along that lines. But look here again, Psalm 130, verse number three, verse number four. The Bible says, Thou, Lord, shouldest... Mark iniquity, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. Let's turn back to our text there, if you would, in Mark. Mark chapter 13, in verse number 19, he says, For in those days shall be affliction such as was not from the beginning of creation, uh, from uh, the beginning of creation, which God created to this time. And except those, uh, the Lord has shortened those days, no flesh should be saved, but for the elect's sake whom he hath chosen, he hath shortened those days. And so God has just given, again, we'll give this world a time of affliction and pain and tribulation and distress and pestilence and problems and perplexities for the purpose of drawing some 
to salvation. Let's read on in verse 33, and we'll close here this morning. Take heed, watch and pray, for you know not when the time is. The Son of Man is a man taking a far journey who left his house and gave an authority to his servants and to every man his work and commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh, at even at midnight or at the cockcrow or at the morning, thus coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto you all, watch, watch. You need to be in the know concerning the tribulation period, the great tribulation period, this time of great affliction. Afflicted by deception, by destruction, by death, disease, by, again, martyrdom, by God shaking the world in the way we've never seen him do before to a place where people will fear the Lamb and see the wrath of the Lamb. The question that I want to pose to you today is, are you saved by grace? Or may you, or may someone you know experience this time of tribulation that will come one day to the earth. Let me encourage you to be saved, even today. Let's close as we consider.